0: Bridge toll, California customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand cave rescue operation. What is schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's took good engagement? How long give? before a wedding should I send out save the How many games dates? are in the first series? Use of the IMAP. NBA to check email, email on other email spots. clients. Identify That's fonts where from an to We were four years, years in power. Four. Welcome to the voice. Of Search Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk about mobile SEOs and changes in the 2020s. Joining us is Cindy Crumb, who's the founder and CEO of Mobile Moxie, which is a mobile marketing consulting software and training firm founded in 2020 and known internationally for their mobile marketing thought leadership. Mobile Moxie's mission is to help companies harness the power of mobile marketing with a goal to connect your products, services and ideas to your customers wherever they may roam. Yesterday, Cindy and I talked about mobile and technical SEO changes so far in the 2020s, and today we're going to talk about the future of mobile search, including voice and fraggle search. This podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. All right. Here's the second part of my conversation with the one, the only Cindy Crumb, the founder and CEO of Mobile Moxie. Cindy, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. Thank you. Excited to have you back on the show and continue our conversation where yesterday we were looking back, talking about some of the changes so far this decade in mobile search. And first and foremost, focusing on the mobile priority crawl where desktop is still being crawled, but it's just not as important as your mobile crawl, and, and what that's allowed Google to do from not only an algorithmic change, but also some of the impacts it's having in e-commerce. I want to take a more longer look, and I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Pull out your crystal ball for a second. Tell us about the future. When you think about what's happening in mobile search, you know what are some of the things that you expect to be coming down the pike that most SEOs haven't thought about yet?
1: Yeah, so some people laugh, but I still have a strong belief that mobile search is going to be important, if not disruptive all at once, just possibly disruptive in retrospect, when we look back and remember how things used to be when you didn't just yell at your assistant to find information for you. So I think uh, voice, even though Most SEOs don't really optimize for voice. There are opportunities to optimize for voice that I think are useful. And they're useful not just for ranking in voice searches, but for ranking in regular searches as well. I feel
0: like voice search is like uh, the... You ever see the movie Back to the Future? Yes. The hoverboard? Yeah. Right. Everybody's been waiting for the hoverboard to to take over for the skateboard. Because we saw it in a movie once in 19... 86 or whenever that movie came out. And, you know, we keep saying, oh, they're coming. They're coming. Uh, Flying cars, driverless cars. We always say this stuff is coming. And yet it never seems to get here. Voice search is coming. It's the biggest next thing. Everybody get ready for voice search. And it just never seems to actually get here and really take over in SEO. How much should SEOs be prioritizing voice search? And and when do you think we're going to get to an inflection point as opposed to just talking about it? you know, maybe being more important down the road?
1: Well, I do think we've already reached one inflection point, which is to say that Google has launched a set of schema that they call Speakable Schema. Um, They're not even being coy about it. They're telling us that if we want to rank in voice search, that you should use Speakable Schema. And I think that they've gone even further in some cases by openly talking about passage ranking, which is where Google can rank uh, just a portion of a page. And if you think about what would be a good user experience versus a bad user experience in a voice search, a bad user experience would be the voice assistant trying to read you the entirety of a very long page that doesn't answer your query until halfway through. Uh, A better option would be for the voice assistant to find the section of the page that answers your query and just read that. And that's what passage search is. And what I've been calling uh, fraggle indexing for a number of years now, Google has announced it. Uh, They didn't call it fraggles. Unfortunately, they called it passages, but it's essentially the same thing. Google can rank just a piece of a page and that's, is actually a fundamental shift to how SEO works. SEO used to be one page at a time. Now it's pieces of pages.
0: It seems like that's a big deal for mobile search specifically. The notion that Google is taking out paragraphs and sentences and you know, it's what I would call part of the zero-click phenomenon where Google is essentially taking content creators' content presenting it in a search result, but not necessarily giving them the ability to click. And, you know, I see that all being very much related to voice search. How do SEOs take advantage of that? And what's the impact of what you call a fraggle on SEOs and and on SEO performance?
1: Yeah. So there are a couple of things that you can do to really leverage this new way that Google is indexing and understanding the web. The main thing is... We do see kind of traditional ranking success by incorporating a speakable schema wherever you can, uh, whenever it's relevant. So that's the three kinds of speakable schema are how-to, FAQ, and Q&A. And if you'll notice, they're all things that you might ask an assistant to help with. How do I boil an egg? How do I tie a tie? And then... Things like FAQ is like, when are they opened? Do they accept credit cards? You know, do they accept Venmo? Those are things that could be part of a how-to, or sorry, FAQ. And then Q&A could be similar questions. The difference between FAQ and Q&A, FAQ is all you submitting questions and answers, and Q&A is users submitting questions and answers. So using the speakable schema is one way. Uh, That's really easy to start being able to tell your boss, no, we're optimizing for voice search. We're there already, buddy. And then the other thing you can do is when you're building pages, when you're building page templates, making sure that you do a good job of signposting in the markup when you've changed topics or sections of the page. So that goes back to basics, using good H1, H2 structure. We've been encouraging people in some cases on very long pages to start using jump links again, sometimes on the H2s or H3s to help people find a specific piece of the page, but also to help Google find the specific piece of the page where you address a certain topic. That way, when it's crawling, it knows like, oh, if someone asks me a question about this topic, I just need to read this portion of the page in the voice assistant.
0: I'd love to hear Google's results on how to tie a tie and see if anybody could actually do that through voice search. I know that was maybe the example that you used, but I, I also think that it's an example of where mobility really matters and where voice search still is going to fall down. First, take the left then go over the right and then go around and then wrap around once or twice, depending on whether you want a full knot or a half knot.
1: No, no, no. You would be wrong.
0: This is not the first time. Tell me why.
1: Well, because there are a couple different reasons. Number one, if you're tying a tie, your hands are busy and you can't type. Number two, Google has is ranking steps, step with pictures, where you can do step one, put this one behind that one, put the long one behind the short one, whatever it is, with the picture. And then you can tell it to advance to the next step. So it waits on you, which is quite nice. Or in other cases, they're just preferring how-to videos to websites. And so putting the answer to the question on YouTube with bookmarks in your video gets you much closer than just reading a webpage ever could.
0: I think the correct way to handle this is step one, find someone with male pattern baldness. Step two, <laughs> ask them for advice. Perhaps. Anyway. That's previsible, dot io. When we think about things like voice search and using the contrast between device-based mobility, having a phone and being able to search wherever you go, as opposed to just talking and not having a screen in front of you, that's obviously going to impact SEO performance. So as we think about mobility, the integration of voice, fraggle search... How do we start to think about the changes in evaluating SEO, all about rankings, impressions are different, we're going to see less clicks. What's the value of SEO for marketers moving forward?
1: Well, the, the thing about voice search and kind of the future from here is that the winner takes all. It's a winner-to-all proposition. So when... When you are the authority for how to tie a tie and your video or step-by-step guide is ranking number one, you're the only result that Google expresses to the searcher. And that's a huge opportunity and a huge feather in your cap if you're the SEO that made that happen. Because you have to kind of reimagine what search is. Before search engines and before Google, when we were researching something, we went to the library, it looked totally different. And then the search engines came around and we started to expect kind of 10 blue links as a standard. And now Google's changing that up a lot and it's not just 10 blue links, but voice search is like the difference between the library and the search engine. It's not gonna look and feel the same, but it's still gonna be powerful. And I think that SEOs get in this trap of thinking, well, why when I do voice search, doesn't it give me 10 blue links? And it's because it's different. It's a different game, and there's only going to be one winner, and that's super powerful. But you can't measure success of this new thing based on the success metrics of the old thing. And in fact, you would be better to start looking and paying attention to what Google does rank for voice search and how people are using voice search and how, in some cases, it's overriding the way we've done things before. So just like the cell phone and the memory of the, your address book and your contacts and your cell phone made it so that we don't memorize phone numbers like we did as a kid. Like as a kid, I knew all my best friends' phone numbers by heart. No one knows anyone's phone number by heart anymore, except for maybe the house that they grew up in and one or two more. But we don't have to keep that storage space in our brain for that information. And now, if you think about remotes, TV remotes that have voice control, you can just say, watch CNN, and the voice knows what channel that is, or the voice remote knows what channel that is, so you don't have to remember TV channels. And I think that it's happening slow enough that we're not noticing the changes, but as SEOs, we need to know that there's not even going to be positions two through 10 as an opportunity to get visibility in voice search. You just have to be number one.
0: All right, Cindy, I've got a tough one for you. This would be my last question or the last topic today. But you know, polish off the crystal ball, take a deep look into it, and answer this. If we're going towards a winner-takes-all methodology in search, because voice search is becoming more prevalent, because it's going to be one result and Google is sharing passages as opposed to clicking on a variety of web pages. The question is, is Google going to be prioritizing people with great brand recognition, right? the most credible sources to present the content more? And if so, does that mean that only the biggest, most prominent brands are going to play in the SEO sandbox or meaning that this is the end of the SEO as a channel where smaller businesses can get a foothold and actually win?
1: I don't think it's the end of anything. I think it's just a new opportunity. Remember, libraries still exist. They didn't close down when when internet search became a thing. So people are still going to search on search engines, but I think their search behavior is gonna expand to include other things. And this is super important when they're in the middle of an activity like driving or like cooking. And the future that I'm seeing in the crystal ball might be answered, at least from an e-commerce perspective by what we talked about yesterday, which is this uh, merchant center scenario where Google can say that it's not just one website that's ranking, it's a Google result that shows all of the websites that participate in Merchant Center and sell this one toothbrush or whatever it is that you are searching for. Because I think Google, in some ways, that might be feeding an antitrust argument, but in other ways, it's feeding a different argument that says that we're not just giving it a winner take all. We're trying to spread the love by r- ranking this one product knowledge graph with all of the people that sell it instead of ranking just one e Yeah,
0: I think it's going to be into a device-less future and Google relies on voice search where we are being presented one result that's the only one that basically matters. It's the only one that users will be exposed to. There's going to be a change in terms of who prioritizes SEO. And, you know, whether it's Google's going to be focusing on whoever has the best content and it doesn't matter which brand is presenting it, maybe that favors the new brands or the incumbents. Or if Google's going to do basically what they're doing right now, which is prioritizing people that have domain authority and credibility, you know, eat, all that happy stuff. You know, then it becomes basically the people that have a built up brand have more credibility and therefore will be more likely to be successful in search in the future. Something that we're obviously going to have to keep an eye on. And Cindy, we're going to rely on you to tell us that story as it unfolds. So thanks for being our guest and come back again soon. Thanks. All right. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Cindy Crumb, founder and CEO of Mobile Moxie. If you'd like to get in touch with Cindy, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter where her handle is suzix, S-U-Z-Z-I-C-K-S. Or you could visit her company's website, which is mobilemoxie.com. They've got all sorts of free tools. So when you get to mobilemoxie.com, click on for fun tools like their Pagescope or their Serpa Reader. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about